emanating from www.michaelnimmons.com. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson. This is Rochelle Riley, straight out of Detroit. This is Dr. Victoria Dooley at Dr. Dooley MD. Well, everybody, it's your boy, comedian Jay Stevens. This is Frederick D. Haynes III. I am Justin Coates, an author and anti-bullying activist. I am Pam Perry. Hey, everybody, this is Rochelle V. Mann, CEO of Man Made Productions. This is Bree Diane, international evangelist. Hey, this is Candace Pretty Strange Smith. And what's up? This is Ty Scott King. I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemes. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud Radio show welcome to Emmy Award winning WXYZ Channel 7 anchor woman and new friend of the show, Miss Carolyn Clifford. Well, thank you, Michael, and what a nice introduction. So happy to be here. You know what I've got to do. i got to check out my man, Michael Nimmons, who is handling his business as he drops that knowledge. I like that because Frederick Douglass, for whom I'm named, says that knowledge unfits us for slavery. Truth sets us free. If you want to be free, you want to be like Mike. Check out the best radio show online. You're locked in right now to our listening. You're tuned into this. And without thinking about it, guess what? I'm thinking out loud right here on a Thinking Out Loud radio show. And if you want to stay in the know, you better be listening to Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Check out Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't you dare touch that dial. The Thinking Out Loud radio show with Michael Nimmin. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmin's.
Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker and minister, Michael Nimmons And you're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you Hey guys, we are back on a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show And we're so very excited about this special edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show We're calling the When We All Vote Couch Party 2.0 This is a special edition of the show uh, we did a live uh, taping of it on Tuesday, on Monday rather, uh, with uh, the When We All Vote uh, Couch Party 2.0 national parties that were going on across the country. Uh, this is a When We All Vote is um, a organization that is co-chaired by former First Lady Michelle Obama. And uh, we wanted to participate in this event because uh, we definitely consider voting a very important part of our civic duty. And certainly uh, we wanted to um, do something special for the show. And unfortunately, though, we ran into some technical difficulties and uh, things did not exactly work out the way we planned. But we do have a segment where we have an interview from two very important people that work with the Department of Elections right here. Here in the city of Detroit that we want to share with you during the first segment of this show. And I can't wait to share that with you on tonight. Um, we're going to be uh, talking about a number of different things, of course, still talking about the COVID-19 virus and how it's impacting uh, everyone around the country, not just the country, but the world and, and during this global pandemic that we are in. Um but uh, we're going to be talking about, again, the When We All Vote Couch Party. I understand that uh, the couch parties that were going on across the country were a huge success. Uh, at 7.15 on Monday, uh, we were on a conference call with uh, First Lady Michelle Obama, and uh, she was getting uh, uh, firing up the troops, so to speak, and getting everybody ready for uh, their individual or respective couch parties, 2.0s that were going on uh, in their particular cities and states around the country and also letting uh, us know that uh, DJ D-Nice was going to be again spinning the ones and twos on uh, live on IG, Instagram uh, at about 8.45 where you all, where we all could join in and Listen to some music and uh, again encourage those that uh, have not registered to vote uh, to do so. And that's really what the Counts Party 2.0s were all about registering people to vote in this upcoming November election. We're going to talk more about that during the second segment of, I'm sorry, the first segment of tonight's show. And uh, again, it's so very important that we know uh, that, uh, that we exercise rather our. Our right to vote. So very, very important. And in the second segment of tonight's show, we're going to be dealing with the question of is the COVID-19 virus a Republican or Democratic problem? Uh, we asked this, this question because it seems like um, Republicans and Democrats are on two separate pages when it comes to the COVID-19 pandemic. And I just can't not seem to understand why we cannot uh, come together and and try to um, get on the same page when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, 
coming up with a unified and universal plan uh, to, uh, you know, safely quarantine ourselves and to, uh, you know, wait until this virus has completely uh, been uh, resolved by the medical community. A vaccine is in place or something, uh, you know, where we see the numbers start to decline, where we see some 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 dramatic changes in the positive direction before uh, we see states starting to reopen. And uh, Brian, uh, Governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, uh, Texas Lieutenant Governor uh, uh, Patrick, uh, Florida Governor DeSantis are all doing things that are uh, seem to be diametrically opposed to what uh, they should be doing when it comes to the coronavirus and this deadly COVID-19 pandemic. Brian Kemp, Governor Brian Kemp, is supposedly uh, going to be opening up non-essential businesses on this coming Friday. Uh, Restaurants, uh, gyms, massage parlors, uh, you know, bowling alleys. He's going to be opening up these uh, businesses uh, because uh, he's trying to uh, get things back to normal. The governor's desires to open up these non-essential businesses does not seem to make sense uh, to uh, not just the residents of the state, but also to uh, some notable politicians within the state as well, including the Atlanta mayor. And uh, we're going to be sharing with you some clips from her interview, as well as uh, some clips from uh, some from various governors uh, within uh, this country that are doing things again that are diametrically opposed to the, the what I would say is the health and safety of the American people and uh, we're going to deal with that question um, in the second segment of tonight's show and then uh, we're going to um, in the third segment uh, kind of ha- uh, deal with a fun um, approach to this quarantine uh, uh, time frame or time period that we all are in uh, again we talked about this a couple shows ago how people are being creatively uh, quarantined uh, and, and so we want to share with you some comedy that uh, we ran across on social media uh, because of some of the things that are taking place uh, during this time of quarantine uh, I can't wait to share that with you in the third segment of tonight's show and finally of course uh, thought of the week we have another dynamic thought of the week uh, from none other than Bishop T.D. Jakes uh, 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 a powerful Powerful excerpt from um, one of his more recent sermons here during this period of quarantine uh, that I ran across and I wanted to share with you. And are you woke yet? I, I want to share that thought with you during tonight's show. We got a great show in store for you on tonight. I cannot wait to get into it, guys. Uh, when we come back from our first break, we're getting right into uh, our When We All Vote uh, Couch Party 2. 2.0 interview with two very important people that work for the Department of Elections with the Honorable City Clerk Janice Winfrey. I can't wait to share this interview with you. Don't go anywhere, guys. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out 
giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hi, my name is Maya, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio show host and my daddy, Michael Nimmons. You better listen to that little girl. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister, Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Vision. Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. We are back on the When We All Vote live edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show and so very excited to be a part of this Couch Party 2.0 and we have two very important guests on the line with us on tonight and they work uh, with the Department of Elections uh, with the Honorable City Clerk, Detroit City Clerk Janice Winfrey. So happy to have the Deputy uh, Director of Training, Ruben Washington and Training Specialist JoLynn Williams on the line with us on tonight. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. So Ruben, I want to start with you first. Tell us what you do with the Department of Elections. Well, one of the things that we do, we have to go out and recruit uh, to be able to help the voters process uh, the voting on election day. And then we have to train the trainers to be able to train them, to uh, be able to train the, the poll workers. So we have to put the materials together and um, we have to train the trainers to be able to train the poll workers so they'll be able to execute their skills on election day uh, to help the voters process their vote. 
So it's very obvious that you play a very key role uh, in training those poll workers who actually work the polls on election day and help them kind of make things go. Uh, so you, as, a, as the deputy director of training for the Department of Elections, uh, I know you have a staff. How many people are on your staff working with you? We're in our training division, there's about, there's about 20 of us in the training division uh, that has to uh, go out and uh, at our training sites, which is WC3 uh, campuses, uh, and we train twice a day, 9 to 12, and then 6 to 9. Uh, we set those training hours for those who did work, and they could come to the uh, morning session and those who do work come to the afternoon session or the evening session uh, to get their training in order to be able to uh, perform their duties on election day. We're so happy to have the Deputy Director Ruben Washington uh, from the Department of Elections on the line with us on tonight. He's been sharing with us what he does working with his staff of 20 people training poll workers and other individuals for uh, the elections. And certainly we're so very happy to have him on the When We All Vote Couch Party 2.0 live edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I was talking with the Honorable Detroit City Clerk Janice Winfrey off air just a couple days ago about this event. And she told us that they had partnered with the When We All Vote National Organization back in January of this year, hosting a mock election at Cass Tech High School. And uh, she wanted uh, to make mention of the fact that the Department of Elections was a part of that. So I want to ask you, Ruben, tell us more about this event that took place back in January. We came in with... Uh Sheila Cockrell and her group, um, they wanted to do, they partnered with the Detroit Public Schools Community District in holding mock elections in um, keying in on their students to a uh, reason why they need to vote. They put a, together a uh, lesson plan in the English classes. Um, and so what we did over at Cass Tech, Cass Tech has 2,200 students. And so we did over at Cass Tech, uh, they had like a rally and they had different uh, speakers and everyone came in and spoke why you should, you know, vote and uh, as a millennial, your vote really counts uh, and trying to get them into the habit uh, of knowing what it takes to vote and to also pass that information on to their parents and relatives. And so on January 31st, we did the mock election. Uh, like I said, Cass Tech has, uh, has 2,200, so one of the largest schools in the district. And on that day, we had uh, 1,592 students, uh, that's over 80, 80, over 80% of the students uh, that came and voted uh, at, during that day, during that mock election, uh, which was excellent. She only had 1,900 students scheduled for that day. So the day had to be rearranged for the students to still go to all their classes as well as uh, have lunch and then have time to uh, come in and vote. They did have a, uh, a ballot. They went through the procedures that a voter at the precinct would go through. They had to fill out the application 
they had to be checked in saying yes, they were uh, a student at Cass Tech um, and a registered voter and they were presented a ballot, they went to the voting booth, they voted and then they took their ballot to the tabulator and the ballot got tabulated. Uh, this was in partnership with, like I said, Tila uh, Taco uh, and it went very, very well. Uh, they had scheduled uh, two more mock elections and naturally with the uh, situation we're in now with the virus, uh, the other two got postponed. Uh, but we did it with the larger school. Uh, one of the largest schools in the district. Uh, and we did it in a timely fashion from 10 uh, a.m. Uh, until 3 p.m. Uh, we were able to do uh, 1,600, I'm sorry, 1,592 uh, students. Wow, that sounds like an awesome event. Well, we have Jolene Williams, a training specialist for the Department of Elections, on the line with us on tonight on our When We All Vote Couch Party 2.0 live edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And uh, Jolene, I want you to share with us your thoughts about the event and what your role was in making it all happen. All right, hello. Thank you for having me. My main, my main contribution was pretty much helping with the organizing of the event. So we had to think about how many ballots will get printed. We had to think about training um, the organization staff, the volunteers that were working with the group when we all vote. Make sure they knew how to um, properly work the poll, which was held at Cast Tech, and make sure that the students knew the proper procedures. And so when they go to vote, they'll know and be familiar with the process. So I trained the staff that worked the election and also helped with preparation for that big election as well. Um, unfortunately, I was not there. I did have another event at the same time. And it was also around voting as well. So um, the turnout from the cast tech event I heard was great. The students were excited and they participated almost at 100%, which is very good because most students, you know, not, not getting excited anymore about voting, but this is changing how students are viewing voting, making sure that we bring, you know, some excitement to it and make sure we highlight the importance of voting to get people or students actually more involved in the process younger, like in a younger age so that they will make sure that they transfer those habits later on in life, in their adult life. Absolutely, absolutely. I know you guys are enjoying our interview with Ruben Washington, Deputy Director of Training for the Department of Elections and Training Specialist JoLynn Williams. So happy to have them on the When We All Vote Couch Party 2.0 live edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show for us on tonight. Uh, we were just on a conference call with uh, Michelle Obama, former First Lady, and uh, she was really just uh, firing up the troops, getting people ready for uh, these couch party events taking place all across the country and uh, really uh, sharing her thoughts on how important this November election is. And I want to hear from you, uh, both uh, both of you, on how important uh, you think this election is coming up in November. We'll start with you, Ruben. Well, it's very important, you know, <clears throat> in that, you know, 
people exercise their right to vote. You know, it's important to be a part of any democratic uh, process. You know, you need to participate in the in the democrat democratic process. You know, so uh, and then the purpose of voting, you, you you make a collective decision or express an opinion. Uh, and so, if you don't vote, then you can't complain or have any say into what the outcome may be. Uh, so this this is this is your your right uh, uh, to exercise. Okay, um, when we all vote is, is a good piece, uh, and, and we do a lot of uh, trying to get out and, and tell people it's. It's not only your right to vote, but it's the right thing to do. And you still have a lot of people who uh, have a lack of interest or apathy in uh, the reason why they're not voting. They're not interested in the candidates or or, or what have you. Uh, but this is a big push. This is a, this is a big year. Uh, um, and we've really been trying. And the When We All Vote campaign... Uh, was a big start. Was a big start. Uh, as Jolene said, uh, once they started way way back in um, October, when they tried to get have this in every high school in the city of Detroit, uh, she went in and spoke uh, to the group that was there, uh, outlining uh, why they should do it and what we will be doing uh, in partnership with that. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. What about you, Jolene? What are your thoughts about this upcoming election in November? How important is it that we need to go out and vote in November? Well, like you both have been um, mentioning that every election, every election is important. Um, This November 2020 election is crucial um, because of what we've been facing, especially this year, um, it can, uh, this election could pretty much determine how the world will, will be run from now on. So, again, crucial, cause, uh, not just because it's a presidential election, but because of all the events that we've been facing lately and how things will um, go moving forward. So, depending on who that president is, that will determine you know, how how we live the rest of our lives, pretty much. So, again, not just this election is presidential, but every election is very important. There's definitely a lot of media surrounding this election, this November election. There are um, lots of ads and everything, especially now social media. Every I thought every presidential election was getting more and more um because of social media and people are becoming more and more aware and I think that it's actually helping people realize that um, their their vote does count. Most people think that it does not, but every vote counts. Like you said, it's your voice. So this 2020 election is crucial and we're hoping that everyone exercises their right and that they go out and vote. 
Well, guys, I want to thank Ruben Washington, the Deputy Director of Training for the Department of Elections and Training Specialist, Jolene Williams, for being on the When We All Vote Cops Party 2.0 live edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you guys so very much. We appreciate all that you do for the Department of Elections and for the citizens of the city of Detroit. May God continue to bless you. Listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Stephanie D. Sanders, award winning singer, songwriter, author, voiceover artist, and more. Heard on shows like the Time Join the Morning Show and the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Book Stephanie D. Sanders to voice over your podcast or radio intros or commercials. Do yourself a favor and visit stephaniedsanders.com and upgrade your podcast or radio show by booking Stephanie D. Sanders. You'll definitely be glad that you did. All pro football player Derek Mason on Jay Z in the NFL. Jay Z said, you know, we're past Nelly. Because Jay Z, you may be past milling, but the guys that are still milling, the guys that are still fighting for injustice, they're not past milling. Everybody's screaming that, oh, Jay-Z's at the table now. We should be happy that one of us is at the table. Just because you're at the table doesn't mean we all eat the same. Poet and lyricist Ty Scott King on the culture of CHH. My brain is overloaded. Like, I think a lot of people are like, man, there's not really many people doing this. There are thousands of very amazing artists that are doing Christian hip-hop. I think about Aaron Cole. I think about Stephen Malcolm, who, if there's someone that could hear an interview and be like, I want to work with him, like, he would be a person that I, I would love to work with. He's just a phenomenal rapper, just really creative. Wande, she's another one that, uh, another artist that I had on my radio show. She is, um, Wande is maybe in her early 20s. She's doing a lot of stuff now with Reach Records and just really different, <laughs> really, um, going against the grain. Griff from Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell on what he does besides comedy. Yeah, yeah. Comedy is always my first my first job. Radio is my side job, but I just um, got a nonprofit. I've been working with other people's nonprofits for the last 30 years, um, and I just created my own nonprofit, 501c3, called the Process Success Foundation to deal with leadership. And basically, I'm just going to take a bunch of young men on field trips all around the world. And I can show you how during the NHL season that all basketball stadiums have ice on them with the hardwood over the ice. Once I show you those processes, then I can teach you the process forgiveness. I can teach you the process of love. I can teach you the process of being grateful. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show.
You're tuned in to the Feet All Out Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. So very early on in this crisis, we welcomed Lieutenant Governor of Texas, Dan Patrick, onto this program. He took a very different point of view from that of a lot of politicians at the time. It seemed brave, agree or not, but he was savagely criticized for that. He said that he was willing to assume some risk. He didn't want to die, but obviously, but he was willing to assume some risk to himself as a man of 70 for the sake of his children and grandchildren. He was part of it. I'm going to do everything I can to live. But, you know, if you said, are you willing to take a chance? Um, and, you know, if I get sick, I'll go and try to get better. But if I don't, I don't. And, I, and I'm not trying to think in any kind of morbid way, Tucker. But I'm just right. saying that that um, we've got a choice here. And, and we're going to be in a total collapse, recession, depression, collapse in our society. If this goes on another several months, there won't be any jobs to come back to for many people. Tonight, thousands descending on Michigan's capital in Lansing to protest the governor's current stay-at-home rules. Blocking traffic, honking their horns to protest some of the strictest rules in the country. Rules which include bans on all gatherings outside a single household, travel to in-state vacation homes, and the use of motorboats. Also, uh, dramatic reductions in capacity for stores big and small. Up front now, the Democratic governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer. And, Governor, I appreciate your time. So, uh, obviously, there are critics who say your order goes too far. They say it's unconstitutional uh, and that um, it's hurt too many businesses. Why do you think the measures are needed? Well, let's just look at the fact that Michigan right now has the third highest most number of people that have died from COVID-19. And we are not the third biggest state in the nation. The fact of the matter is we have a unique challenge here in Michigan, and it requires a unique solution. We have to be really aggressive. Our hospitals were at capacity very early on. We know that COVID-19 has been here longer than it was ever detected. And so we've got to be really aggressive here in order to save lives. So here's what one woman who attended the protest, she says she works in healthcare. Here's what she had to say, Governor. I truly believe that restrictions should have been put on the people that are sick, that are that are coming down with the illness. I truly believe that there are some people that are at a higher risk than others. Us people that are at a lower risk, I feel like we should have continued on our lives and continued working. So what's your... As Joe and Willie mentioned, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp will allow some non-essential businesses to begin reopening this Friday with limitations. Gyms, tattoo parlors, bowling alleys, salons and barbershops can reopen as long as they follow social distancing guidelines. You, you need to explain to me how you can social distance in a lot of these places because people come very close to you. Uh, they'll screen their employees for signs of a fever or respiratory illness, but they won't be able to test them. Theaters and dine-in restaurants will be allowed to resume activity on Monday. By taking this measured action, we will get Georgians back to work safely without undermining the progress that we all have made in this battle against COVID-19. Now, I will say that, you know, when we have more people moving around, we're probably going to have to see our cases continue to go up. But we're a lot better prepared for that now than we were over a month ago. I can tell you, I don't give a damn about politics right now. 
four kids in my house, and no sooner than the governor made his announcement, my 18-year-old, who will be 18 tomorrow, came running into the room to announce to me that the governor said he could leave home. So as a parent, I am concerned because what I know is that when I look at the data that we receive from our public health department each day, our numbers are going up. We get a count at noon and we get one at 7 p.m. When I look at the 24-hour period for uh, the 7 p.m. count we got today, our death rate is up by almost 14%, our positives up almost 7%, and we are not testing asymptomatic in people with mild symptoms. And so it concerns me. I have a great working relationship with our governor, uh, but I did not speak with him before he made this announcement. I spoke with Mayor Hardy Davis, who is the mayor of Augusta, Georgia, the second largest city in the state. He did not speak with the governor. I've spoken with several leaders across the state. So we really are at a loss, and I am concerned as a mother and as the mayor of our capital city. We are back, and I hope you enjoyed uh, the little recap from our Win We All Vote Couch Party 2.0 live uh, podcast that we did on Monday, April the 20th. Uh, with uh, Ruben Washington, the Deputy Director of Training for the Department of Elections and Training Specialist, Jolene Williams. So happy to have had them on the Thinking Out Loud radio show and sharing with us uh, their thoughts about the importance of voting as well as uh, the event that took place uh, with the When We All Vote in partnership with the When We All Vote organization back in January of this year. Uh, An event that took place, a mock election that took place at Cass Tech High School uh, this year. So we're so very happy again to have had them on Thinking Out Loud radio show. And uh, we, um, uh, you all know how important we think voting is. And of course, if anyone's listening on tonight and is not registered to vote, we encourage you to do so. Go to whenweallvote.org and you can get more information on how you can register to vote for this upcoming November election. In this segment, we're going to be dealing with the question of is the COVID-19 pandemic a Republican or Democratic problem? We ask this question because that is how it is looking. It, it seems to be coming a more partisan uh, type of issue. Uh, the longer we are in this period of quarantine, uh, people's people are um, upset. They are frustrated. They're uh, some are bored. Some are, um, you know, irate because of uh, being quarantined and others are, um, you know, wanting to stay home and stay safe uh, as they as the, the governors have, uh, you know, ordered uh, to do so. And, and and you heard in the clips from, you know, Governor Brian Kemp and Lieutenant Governor uh, uh, Patrick, um, you know, how it, this seems to be more of an economic problem than a public health and safety crisis. And I don't know about you, but I'm really becoming very um, worrisome about uh 
the Republicans' approach to this COVID-19 virus. And I hate to make this a partisan issue, but it seems that when Republicans get behind a microphone, they are making this more about the economy than about the health and safety of the American people. And when you hear about uh, things that things like Brian, Governor Brian Kemp wanting to open up non-essential businesses like gyms and massage parlors and bowling alleys where people congregate and and and, uh, and of course they you know entertain themselves and exercise. Um, it is very hard to understand how they he can he can do that. Um, with the the um, the coronavirus coronavirus cases continuing to increase around the country, including in the state of Georgia, as well as the death rate and continuing to increase even in his own state. And you heard in the clip uh, that he he himself admitted that opening up these non-essential businesses uh, could very well increase the cases of COVID-19. But he does not seem to care that that is what will happen. And um, it's baffling to me how Republicans can take this kind of stance in the midst of what is considered to be a global pandemic. This is not something that's just happening here in America, but it's happening around the world. And uh, that really, to me, just um, changes the entire context and perspective of this conversation uh, that uh, uh, regarding this COVID-19 crisis. And you hear, you know, medical professionals continuing to force the issue about people staying home and staying safe. And if you have to go out to wear protective gear and things of that nature and to try to social distance yourself from one another um, and do that as much as you can. But here you have politicians that are trying to make this a partisan issue. And what's even more interesting to me is even in my own home state of Michigan, uh, protesters uh, marched in Lansing on the Capitol and uh, trying to say that Governor Whitmer's stay at home and stay safe executive orders are, are too restrictive. And uh, and that they're they're um, she's she's being a, a a dictator, a narcissist, a Hitler, or comparing her to Hitler and and uh, and Stalin. Give me a break. You're comparing Governor Whitmer to a Nazi, a Hitler, and not Donald Trump. <laughs> that is that is laughable. How in the world can you even can you even say that uh, if there's anyone, any politician that's currently in office that resembles more of a dictator, um, you know, right now in this COVID-19 crisis, it is the current occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. When you listen to his press conferences, he sounds like a dictator. He sounds just like someone who does not have any moral high ground. He does not understand the crisis. He does not understand what's going on. And um, he is I think he has really um, did this entire country a disservice on how this entire COVID-19 crisis has been handled. Um 
and I remember a tweet that was put out by Valerie Jarrett uh, something that uh, someone asked her a question about you know how would President Obama would have handled uh, this crisis if he were in office and I think she said something like better and then she took that back and said much better and I completely agree that he would have and and this is just another reason why we there needs to be a change in Washington a change in the White House a change in this administration and uh, and that's what makes this when we all vote uh, couch party two point oh such a necessity but um, you know just just again going over some of the comments that have been made some of the things that are being done uh, that seem to be in uh, sharp contrast to what should be done during this time of crisis it just makes me wonder uh, do Republicans have a grasp of reality do they really understand what's going on around them it seems to me that the economy is more important to them than the lives of the American people and that is a very uh, uh, hard pill to swallow I know for uh, and I'm not trying to say that all Republicans are that way but it seems like the ones that are in the forefront of this global pandemic the ones that are you know are constantly in the microphone seem to not understand what is going on and to have a grasp of reality it was even Governor Brian Kemp uh, who made the statement several weeks ago that that uh, he was not aware that people could have uh, the COVID-19 virus and not show any symptoms. He was not aware of that. And that uh, was proven to be a complete falsehood because medical professionals in the state of Georgia had already made it clear to him that this COVID-19 virus, um, you could be walking around with it and not show any signs or symptoms of it. And so he clearly is, is, is shown to be someone that does not have a grasp of what is going on around him. And that is a very dangerous person, uh, in my opinion, to be in this position to make decisions about the lives of those uh, in his state. And uh, I just I just wonder what is going on, what is going on. So raise the question again, is this a Democratic or Republican problem? And 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 I'm not saying trying to insinuate that Democrats uh, seem to have a better understanding of it uh, or they're perfect in their response to this COVID-19 crisis. But it just seems to me that uh, the Democratic governors, politicians uh, seem to care more about the livelihood of the people, of the American people, as opposed to their Republican colleagues. You hear that the, the, the rhetoric that is coming out of uh, the Republicans uh, versus uh, the, the information that's disseminated from the Democrats uh, appeal more towards the, 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 the health and the well-being of the people. And the Republican governors have made it clear that the economy is more important to them than the lives of their uh, of their constituents 
and you heard Lieutenant Governor Patrick say that in a state of 29 million people, only 500 these are his words. Only 500 have died, and yet this, the entire state is closed. And and then he prefaced it by saying, well, all lives are important, but the entire state is still closed. And so and, and what he is essentially saying is that the ratio of deaths versus the residents of the state don't seem to jive with what uh, what is currently uh, you know what is currently being mandated when it comes to uh, the executive orders uh, that have been imposed by the governor staying home and staying safe so uh, it, it seems that he's even said that there are more things going on more important things going on in this state than living I want you to hear that again. More important things going on in this state than living. This is according to an article that was posted by The Hill. uh, Lieutenant Governor called for the reopening of his state and the country late Monday saying there are more important things than living. Patrick said on Fox News, Tucker Carlson tonight that he was vindicated after being criticized for saying in March that he thought lots of grandparents across the country would risk their survival to keep the country afloat economically. And uh, and I think that was a very careless statement to make, um, you know, saying in in essence that older Americans, um, you know, uh, are more willing to take risks for the sake of this country's well-being versus, um, you know, the younger population. And uh, and this 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 statement just was very careless, I, I in my view. But um, nevertheless, that was a statement that he made, and this is where we are. Um, I I don't agree with uh, Governor Brian Kemp opening up uh, the state of Georgia in this regard, and and despite. Uh, what his his plans are for Friday? There are uh, many restaurants, um, many businesses within the state of Georgia that are refusing to open up their doors because they fear that they will be, um, uh, you know, more or less a, uh, an accessory to the continual spread of this COVID nineteen virus. And I completely agree. I completely agree. I was against. Florida Governor DeSantis opening up the beaches in Florida despite the advice of the medical professionals that are telling him not to do so and 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 in doing so he said something like um, you know he's still in favor of social distancing and that that people on the beaches should should um, <laughs> should be socially distancing themselves from one another but uh, you know come on guys you and I both know when you're in that kind of environment, people are not thinking about being socially distant. They're thinking about themselves. They're thinking about enjoying themselves, enjoying the weather. Whenever you are entertaining yourselves in those types of environments, you're not thinking about how close or how far apart you are from the other person. You're you're more concerned about, um, you know, enjoying yourself, enjoying your family being out 
and and uh, and just like uh, and just like we 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 said, this is what happened. People disregarded the governor's uh, suggestions or recommendations to be socially distant, even on the beaches, because they were more concerned about enjoying themselves. Uh, according to Newsweek, uh, that wrote about the story, although DeSantis urged beachgoers to follow social distancing guidelines saying that the shoreline could be reopened for exercise it appeared that many were quick to disregard the guidance oh really (laughs) videos from Jacksonville show crowded beaches with groups of people entering the water and I guarantee you that the cases of COVID-19 increased as a result of it there is no doubt in my mind that more people will became effect, infected by the by this deadly virus because of uh, because of the opening or reopening of these beaches in Jacksonville, Florida. I, I just it's just appalling to me uh, to see how the health and safety of uh, people are being weighed against the uh, you know what is going on in the economy. The lives of people of the American people don't seem to matter or mean as much as uh, the economy getting back to normal. Uh, I just I'm I'm really appalled by that, and I I'd love to know what your thoughts are about this as well. This just seems to be becoming more of a partisan issue than a uh, a global crisis of public health and safety of which everyone should be concerned about whether you're Republican, Democratic, Libertarian, uh, whatever, Socialist, whatever, whatever side of the aisle you're on. People's lives should matter more than money. People's lives should matter more than the economy. And that is what is, uh, you know, bothering me. And I'm sure it's bothering many of you who uh, are looking at this and wondering what are these governors? What are these people that are leading? uh, Where's the conscience of those who are leading uh, constituents in their states? Where where's their where's their moral fiber? Where's their more where's their moral conscience at? And it just doesn't seem like it's there. We'd love to get your thoughts and your feedback about that at us at TOL Radio Host MSN on Twitter and Instagram uh, and and leave a comment on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show or send us an email at contact at michaelnimmons.com. We would love to hear from you or leave us a comment right on our Thinking Out Loud uh, fan page at michaelnimmons.com. We would love to hear from from you guys well we're going to take our next break of the night but when we come back we're getting into more of a funner side of all of this uh you know laughing is good for the soul that's what the bible says and so we're going to laugh a little bit in this next segment i can't wait to share some of this comedy with you we'll be right back it's a thinking out loud radio show stay close you're tuned in to the thinking Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons 
for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. What's cracking planet Earth? It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemitz. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Yes, we are there. Okay. Are we there? Okay. How's, uh, um, Swiss and Tamar in? Huh? come with that one right oh, man. dang that's beautiful because you came so yeah like, <laughs> your first record i was like oh my god why did i come so fast and i was like yo <laughs> we just rock a little mj with my sisters with voices wow that's crazy you know you know speaking of mj it reminds me of a story true story fun fact one time michael called me michael said baby face I said, yeah. 
He says, "Could you? Do you know who Halle Berry is? Do you know Halle Berry?" I said, "Yeah, I know Halle Berry." I said, "Could you do me a favor? I I want you to call her because I want to take her out on a date." I said, "What?" He said, "Call her. I want to take her out on a date." So I said, "Well, let me reach out." I reached out for for the agent because I didn't have I didn't have Halle Berry's number, and then I called and and get the message. The manager said, "What? He wants? Yeah, he wants to take her out on a date." And then I was waiting to hear back from Holly, and I can't tell you exactly what Holly said. I imagine it probably would have been something like this. You know, what do you know about love? What do you possibly think you know about love? You know, I'm sick and tired of men using love like it's some kind of disease you just catch. Love should have brought you home last night. <laughs> And say, neighbor, neighbor, here's the message. Don't be a Teddy Riley in a baby face world. Ah. See, some of y'all are Teddy Riley in a baby face world. Listen. Oh, see? Look at the Teddy Riley. Look at the Teddy Riley spirit. Get out of here, Teddy Riley. But see, Teddy Riley, you see, he's trying to do too much. Oh Lord, Teddy Riley wanted to start it off, showing out with the show. But baby, they started off talking to the Lord. He said, "Wait a minute, every little step I take, you will be there. Every little step I take." Time. Are y'all having a good time? Did you, can I tell y'all what happened to me one time speaking of hands? You know what? And I believe this is when the coronavirus got started. I'm going to tell you something. I believe this is when the coronavirus got started. This is when the coronavirus got started. I ain't going to tell you, don't lie. I was, I was running revival somewhere in North Carolina. Uh, it had to be about 15 years ago. I can't remember the city I was in. Oh, was it Burlington? Fancy? I can't remember the city I was in, but I was running around. This is the true story. I think this is when the Corona's got I really do. And after the service, I would let to lay hands on the people. Get them things off my stuff. But I was, but I was, but I was preaching. I was running revival, y'all. We had them, that that night. We had a prayer service. This is no, this is no lie, y'all. And that night, y'all, I began to pray and lay hands on the people of God. And a lady came up to me and said she needed prayer. Old lady. And she looked kind of disheveled. And I, and I told her, look the hand. Andrew is over. Stop that. And I laid my hands, and I laid my hands on her head. And I was laying my hands on that woman's head that night. She's old lady. And I was praying. I was praying. I mean, I was praying to prayer of faith. Android. And y'all, I began to pray. She began to jump. And I, when she was jumping, and she was jumping, I, was, I still had my hand on the head. I was just praying and calling Jesus. I mean, I was calling too, y'all. I was calling. I got my hand on the head and she's jumping and I'm jumping with her. The more she jumped, I said, okay, Lord, so we can get some deliverance in life. And y'all know what happened? This is when the coronas got started. This is when the coronas got started. Tell me stuff got started. I believe we got coronas got started. And when I finished praying, I said, amen. 
took my hand off that lady's head. And I took my hand off that lady's head that night in North Carolina that Friday night. I took my hand off her head. My ring, the old lady had a wig on. And she was jumping. I got caught up in somehow or another. A bobby pin or something from a wig got caught in my in my ring. And to my chagrin, to my disdain, to my disgust, to my dismay, to my decay. I looked at my hand, and in my ring was large, this woman's wig. And every time I shake it, the Cheetos and Doritos and Toast me, I got the microphone in his hand. It's a true story. And my hands are lifted like this right here. I just keep shaking it. And the wig won't come off. So what's happening at this time, all the prayer warriors, everybody around me, nobody's going to come to get the wig out of my hand. Everybody is laughing in the whole church. So we don't went from revival, Holy Ghost revival, to the Kings of Comedy right here in North Carolina. Well, guys, we are back, and uh, I hope you are enjoying tonight's show. We opened up again talking about voting. When we all vote, Couch Party 2.0. I understand that these parties across the country are very successful, and again, voting is so very important. Remember, if you have not registered to vote yet, you need to do so. It is so very important that we make our voices heard this coming November. That is right. There needs to be a change in Washington. If you believe so, then we then you need to register to vote. If you haven't done so, go to whenweallvote.org for more information. And then we uh, talked in our last segment about the question of, is this COVID-19 virus a Republican or Democratic problem? Uh, I just wonder, you know, where our Republicans' minds are, where their, where is their moral conscience? It doesn't seem like uh, it is there. It seems like both parties are, are, are against each other when it comes to um, the health and safety of the American people. And uh, it's, it's very disturbing to see uh, what's happening and how this global pandemic is becoming a partisan issue rather than a, uh, a matter of public health and safety. And, uh, and so, of course, we would love to get your thoughts and feedback on any of the topics that we discussed during tonight's show. You can add us to TOL Radio Host MSN or leave us a Facebook comment and on Facebook fan page, the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, Facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, or leave us a comment on our website, MichaelNimmons.com, right from our Thinking Out Loud fan page, or send us an email at contact at MichaelNimmons.com. In this segment, we're going to be having, we're going to have a little fun. You know, <laughs> we open the segment with a couple of clips from some individuals who are, um, you know, taking this time to add a little levity and comedy during this time of crisis because we understand that life is, you know, life has it, even though life has its challenges, it's always good to laugh. It's always good uh, to, to, to get some release and relief some kind of way. And 
And uh, shouts out to uh, Pastor Dr. E. Dewey Smith of the House of Hope in Atlanta. Uh, he um, has really uh, embraced this period of this period of quarantine, uh, really just um, uh, amping up his social media presence with uh, videos and uh, social act uh, um, social media activity. Uh, he has done. Um, things throughout the week on Facebook lives, YouTube lives and one thing that he's starting to do is a Friday night live on YouTube and uh, just a time where he can, you know, unwind and 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 be uh, comical with his uh, with his social media and with those that follow him on social media. And I enjoy uh, Dr. E. Dewey Smith, a powerful preacher, man of God uh, in his own right, but he also has a sense of humor, and uh, that's one thing that uh, I think is kind of lost when it comes to the men and women of God. Uh, for some reason, people think that, uh, you know, we we don't have a sense of humor or that, you know, because we have dedicated our lives to Christ that, you know, we've taken a vow of, of boredom and a vow of... <laughs> <laughs> a vow of uh, poverty and a, a vow of, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. But anyway, uh, that that we we have basically uh, separated ourselves from from society and and we don't know how to have fun. But that's not true. And I'm speaking from experience because I don't believe that living for Christ that I've missed out on anything. Uh, in fact, I believe I had a, I've lived a better life because I've chosen to live it for Christ. Uh, and so, uh, that being said, Doctor E. Dewey Smith doing his Friday Night Lives is just being uh, you know uh, a comedian and trying to you know get people to thinking about something a little differently, uh, other than you know being at home, being quarantined, and and not being. Able able to, you know, uh, pursue life as normal. And so he's using this opportunity to uh, engage his social media followers that way. And we opened the segment with a story that he told about uh, a prayer service that, that he had recently. And he was trying to say that, you know, he, he thought that uh, that this was the origin of the coronavirus. And of course, we you know, we all know he was joking, but it was just funny how he told the story. And I thought I would share that uh, with you on tonight. And then... And then we uh, open the show uh, with uh, something else that's uh, also been happening on social media as well. Um, there's been, you know, this uh, talk of battles between, uh, you know, R&B artists uh, and even some and even gospel artists and, and it's all in fun uh, but um, you know who whose music is better uh, who's the better artist and um, it started uh, you know basically with uh, you know those who love those who love their music and uh, I guess it kind of spilled over uh, to the artists themselves I remember uh, uh, 
uh, Kev on stage The uh, social media comedian uh, Him and another one of his uh, uh, Comedian friends Got together and did kind of like A battle between uh, Fred Hammond and Kurt Franklin And all they did basically Was play some of their Favorites from their albums And uh, in a way To try to see who was the better artist Between the two of them and again It's all in fun nothing you know, You're not trying to be um, you know vicious or uh, negative in no regard when it comes to uh, who these artists are but uh, recently um uh, two artists, two well-known R&B artists, Babyface Edmonds and Teddy Riley got together and um, did a, a battle on social media. Now, the first time they did it, things did not go well, uh, te- uh, technologically speaking, on the part of Teddy Riley because uh, <laughs> it seemed like um, there were a lot of things going on uh, wrong for him. Uh, the, the, the the sound was not right. Uh, the signal wasn't uh, wasn't right uh, for him, and uh, they ended up having to basically stop uh, what they were doing in the middle of it and try to come back a second time. And they did do they did come back a second time, and uh, the second time was much better than the first. And uh, I, I I played a little clip of that uh, in the first uh, in the opening segment of this this particular the open the opening of this segment rather and um, but then of course you know social media always finds ways to <laughs> to, to uh, capitalize on uh, what was done and this this comedian on Instagram uh, you know we opened up with that uh, from him you know he was a he's the the the, the idea was a pastor uh, you know taking this this Battle between Teddy Riley and Babyface and turning it into a sermon, and, uh, and so we we opened up with that, and I thought that was very funny how he uh, he just blamed the the sound equipment, you know, the, on Teddy Riley. Get that Teddy Riley spirit out of here, Teddy Riley, and then and then uh, you know again we we'll, we'll turn we'll, we could turn anything into a sermon, you know how we do. And so he was like, uh, every little step I take, <laughs> you will be there. <laughs> the, the, the Bobby Brown song, every little step I take. And, uh, and then in the middle of the preaching, he, he, uh, he started doing the Bobby Brown dance. <laughs> and we have that clip on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page. You got to check it out. That was hilarious. Let me tell you. That was hilarious, and uh, and so uh, this this comedian is truly hilarious. And uh, again, we can turn anything into a sermon, and that is exactly what he did. And uh, I just thought it was funny, guys. We we've got to find a way to laugh. We've got to find a way to uh, enjoy ourselves in this period of quarantine and crisis. There's so much going on around us. We've got to find a way to uh, to relax and to get some kind of release. In the midst of this Because um, We're going to come out of this We're not This is not going to be our This is not our end This is just our beginning And uh, we have to go through this In order to get where God wants to take us And so 
um, is in and, and just really the, the uh, adding some comedy. I think uh, also gives us some perspective and, and gives us the ability to step take a step back and really see that uh, things are are going to get better. It may not look like it right now, but they will. And uh, we just need to take a step back, take a deep breath, inhale, exhale. What they used to say: relax, relate, release, and and uh, and look at things from a different perspective. But we thought it was so very funny uh, to um, to again. Um, uh, those those few clips that we share with you during our show, and I hope that they uh, added a little levity uh, to your day. Uh, I know we're thinking about this all the time. It seems like every time we turn on the news, uh, television, turn on the radio, uh, that is the top of the show. Everything is about COVID-19. And again, our show, we're dealing with that as well. And it's just something that we have to deal with. But at the same time, we should also find a way to uh, to add some levity and some laughter into our lives. Um, laughter is good for the soul. The Bible talks about that. Laughter is good for the soul. And it helps us to be able to put life into perspective and put life into its proper perspective. Uh, and so that's all we wanted to do in this segment on tonight. I hope you enjoy uh, the show on tonight. Remember, you can add us at TOL Radio Host MSN on Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show or on our fan page at michaelnimmons.com or leave us an email at contact at michaelnimmons.com, guys. Well, we're going to take our last break of the night, but when we come back, we're going to give you our thought of the week. And the question is, are you woke yet? I can't wait to share this thought from Bishop T.D. Jakes with you when we come back. This is the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Stay close. I know times are tough. We have a lot going on right now. This is uncharted territory. But remember, God is still in control. I'm radio host Michael Nemes with a word of encouragement just for you. We're going to get through this together. Let's remember those who are on the front lines tackling this virus head on. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. You are the real heroes. And to those who lost loved ones because of the virus, we are still yet praying for you. Those who tested positive for the virus, this is not your end. You are going to get through this. We are going to get through this. Let's do what we can to stay positive, stay connected, stay home, stay healthy. Stay safe. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. 
author and speaker, Dr. Eddie Connor. Uh, I was reading something the other day and it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's been 50 years since uh, Dr. King was killed. 50 years later, they're still killing kings. You know, uh, to, to really speak truth to power, but also to, to speak to our young men about uh, police brutality, but also the whole spectrum that in many cases they live in the crosshairs of society. We can give them all the, the tips, tools, and things of the trade of how to govern yourself accordingly. But we see young men all across America, and we, you know, uh, in many cases we just become desensitized to a young man who is shot and killed because the police were threatened by the fact that he pulled something out of his pocket and it was a phone when they thought it was a gun. Practitioner and spokesperson, Dr. Victoria Dooley. I do feel strongly that as the African-American community and the church, we need to take mental illness more seriously and we need to make it okay for somebody to seek out health care for mental health issues other than prayer. Absolutely, 100%. Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, Rochelle Riley. Uh, I, I can tell you, and before we leave uh, Ali, let me tell you that it wasn't just an interview with him, but my very first column called for the city of Louisville to have a museum for him because at that time there was nothing bearing his name except a little strip of street, you know, how it works in some cities where Martin Luther King Boulevard is in a part of town, but in the rest of the town it's named something else. That column ran and the mayor and other folks who knew better and who were embarrassed by it said, okay, it's time. And that helped lead to this effort that had been going on for some time to raise $80 million to build the Muhammad Ali Center, which now exists on the banks of the Ohio River. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision. Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. I, like many of you, I'm sure, have been thinking about a lot lately, especially now that we have the time to do so. 
And one question that continues to come back to me is, what is God's purpose behind this COVID-19 global pandemic? What is his divine objective behind all of this? You know, it would seem to be easy if it was regulated to a particular region or state or even city. We could find ways to justify it based on the state's history, culture, etc. And to turn it into a spiritual lesson that all of us can learn from. But this is a pandemic that is affecting all of us. So now it becomes a matter of what is God trying to say to all of us collectively. You know, a problem is easier to diagnose when it's someone else's. We seem to have all the answers when it's our neighbor's problem or a family member, friend or co-worker. But when it's you, somehow the pill is a lot harder to swallow. I'm sure all of us during this time of crisis are all asking God the question, why? We're asking him why because we don't seem to have the answers. Why? Because we need some direction. Why? Because we can't seem to make heads or tails of this. Even those of us who profess to have God's ear are in a quandary about the purpose about all of this. But one thing is for certain, even though we may not know the purpose or the plan for this COVID-19 pandemic, God definitely has one. And as his people, we must trust the God of the plan, even when it's not clearly visible for us to see. Listen to what Bishop T.D. Jake's thoughts were about this very same question. Take a listen. Is the coronavirus part of God's plan to wake us up? I am careful about definitively saying what God is doing by any particular thing. Because I have lived long enough to see people misrepresent God in crisis like this. I remember 9-11 and they said that God was trying to purge New York and, and the people have always quick to speak on what God is doing. But the truth of the matter is, I don't know whether it is part of God's plan to wake us up, but I do know that the coronavirus is waking us up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't know whether he sent it or whether he allowed the enemy to send it uh, for whatever reason, but I know that one of the benefits of the burden of the coronavirus is that it is waking us up. How is it waking us up? It's waking us up in a lot of ways. It's waking us up that the silly bickering we have been doing for the last decade now seems foolish in the face of a real attack. It, it is waking us up to appreciate the, the walk of faith in a way that we didn't appreciate it before. See, now you're fighting wanting to come to church, but before when you could come, you were standing home in the bed. <laughs> and some of the very people who are complaining about not having church weren't half coming when we could have church. Come on, talk to me for a minute, somebody. It is waking up because sometimes we don't appreciate something until it is pulled back from us. And when it is pulled back from us, we have a deeper appreciation. It is waking us up to the perspective that we must bring our church experience into our house. Yeah, it's waking us up to the experience that we must read our Bibles. What, what happens if they shut us completely down? What happens if we get into a war and, and we're unable to do it? And to all of you who think that the church cannot survive, save we meet, can I take you to China? 
where the church was meeting underground in basements for years? Can I take you to the upper room where the disciples were locked up behind closed doors for fear of the Jews? The churches often had to go underground. And even when it had to go underground, it has never been destroyed for 2,000 years. So in many times, we have gone through periods and eras where the church had to go underground to survive. Hitler was trying to kill the church. The enemy's always been after the church, but the church has always survived every attack. Whether it was a virus or a man, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What is happening now is that this new kind of saints we got now who are more church members than they are saints are having to become saints in a way they didn't have to before because the pacifier is taken out of your mouth of being able to depend on somebody else to pray for you. Now you got to get down by the side of your bed like your grandmother and pray yourself through and drive the enemy out of your house. Now you got to go, I'm going to really go old fashioned and get you some consecrated oil and anoint your house and say, coronavirus, you should not come in my dwelling place. And I anoint the head of my doorpost and I anoint every wall and every window. And you got to walk through your own house and plead the blood and sanctify your space. Since you're in the house anyway, you might as well use it to overcome the enemy that's come against your life. Yes, it's waking us up. It's waking us up. And it is high time that it wake us up. I am just careful about saying what all God is doing because I have learned in my life that sometimes it takes you 20, 30 years and you look back in retrospect to fully comprehend what God is doing. Whatever God is doing, I can tell you this, is bigger than America. Whatever he's doing is global. It's reaching all over the world. Whatever he's doing, I don't see us arguing over who's got the biggest weapons anymore. Because God had a weapon that outdid all the weapons we were talking about. I don't see us fighting and arguing between Democrats and Republicans. Sometimes it takes a common enemy to create unity. That's our show for tonight. I want to thank you for joining us for the When We All Vote Couch Party 2.0 show. I truly, truly appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be with us on tonight. Shouts out to former First Lady Michelle Obama again, who is the co-chair of this national organization. Again, we can truly see 
and appreciate the significance that she's placed, not just on voting, but voting in this upcoming election. We are not here to tell you who to vote for. If you believe there needs to be a change in Washington, then you know what to do. Let's go out to the polls and vote. Special thanks to all the organizers and coordinators of this organization, as well as the many volunteers that are hosting house parties around the country as we speak. I know your events were just as successful and impactful as ours was on tonight. I want to give a special thanks to uh, the Honorable Detroit City Clerk and uh, the direct Deputy Director of Training, Ruben Washington, and uh, Training Specialist Jolene Williams for being on the show with us on tonight. I truly appreciate them for taking the time out of their schedules to be with us. We truly, truly appreciate them. And uh, again, voting is paramount. It is so, so very important. A special thanks to you, all of our faithful listeners of the Thinking Out Loud radio show again for taking the time out of your busy schedules to listen to the show on tonight. We truly appreciate it. We thank you so much. Um, again, you can listen to our show Tuesdays at 8 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio on all the major podcasting networks. Uh, you're able to listen to our show and even from our own website, michaelnimmons.com. We're bringing to you this show uh, on uh, Thursday of this week instead of our normal day on Tuesday because of uh, our broadcast on Monday and we wanted to take some time to put everything together for you for this week's show but uh, tune in next week we'll have a brand new show in store for you remember to follow us again on all of our social media platforms on Twitter and Instagram at TOL Radio Host MSN and TOL Radio Show as well as Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show or go to our website michaelnimmons.com and check out what we have to offer and what we have going on we truly appreciate you thank you again for tuning in tonight and uh remember to rate review and subscribe to the thinking out loud radio show podcast your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web and so until next time always remember if you can think it you can believe it if you can believe it you can see it if you can see it you can be it if you can be it you can achieve it the power rests within you the mind is the most powerful muscle in your body use what you got to get what you want the power is in you it's the thinking out loud radio show thanks for listening Loud radio show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. To get more info about the show and the ministry, visit michaelnemons.com. Want to book radio host Michael Nemons for your next special event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.